Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. This is it, what? Lucini pouring from the sky, let's get rich, what? Bitchy keep on the sugar dime, can't quit, what? Now pop the cork and see the Vega and get lit, what? 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 Introducing Phantom of the dark Walk through my heads with levitation From reefers Drenching deep As in these seven Show boating with rugas Flash vines Bellafonte jigger Let's get forward this verse As we confiscate your figures Yes, and over brown Levitating GD and I see Hope y'all doing well on a Thursday after Memorial Day weekend. Hope y'all doing well. Hope y'all do ignore the NBA Finals and French Open. On that in a moment, but anyway, welcome to The Clown. I'm your host, Mo Scott Burke. I'm the also creator of the sports blog called The Clown Times. That's clown spelled with K in case you're wondering. You can find me on the web at www.theclowntimes.net. And you can find me on Facebook as well. Just uh, if you want to witness the tomfoolery in person, live in a living color, just type in the Clown Times again. It's spelled, spelled Clown with K. And this upper, uh, and I'm sorry, in the search window, I had a brain fart there. In the upper left hand corner of your screen, you better find me there as well. Well, tonight, uh, <laughs> this is going to be different, like, because, well, for one reason, uh, I'm doing this on Thursday night for the special guest to get to in a moment. And this is featuring, like, probably the first podcast where you're featuring black folks talking tennis. So anyway, like uh, we're going to be talking about the French Open, and you hear my guests laughing in the background. Uh, we, um, you know, the French Open is in full swing. We're in the third round, um, probably fourth round, but uh, but in it's not. But uh, at any rate, she's a co-host of the Real Tennis Fans podcast. You, you can also catch uh, repeats of that on YouTube as well, which you'll get into in a moment. Welcome everyone, Jania Reed. Uh, so Hello. Hello, how are you? <laughs> good, good. Let's let's good. fix it's... my name. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> That's what happens when you set up like podcasts and session stuff late at night and then you're half sleep. You don't even know what the hell you're doing. So you kinda rush it's and get some right. shit going and all of a sudden <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Always, always Okay. So, and, so, so at any rate, Jania, um, I have a, this crazy tradition where the first time I was on the podcast, first time guest, I would like for them to give them a little bit about their background, pretty much what makes them them, like, kind of like, you know, like like, a, a, like if they had a, um, a, a, a Drake-like, if you will, start for the bottom <laughs> I'm here. Uh, <laughs> but basically... What? So, how long have you been covering tennis, and what gravitated you to tennis in the first place? So, I have been a tennis fan pretty much since I was a little girl. It totally happened mm. by accident. Um, I grew up pretty poor, and I couldn't watch 
Saturday morning cartoons in the summertime when Wimbledon was on because it was on TV and we only got a couple of channels. So I just started (laughs) watching because there was no other option. And this was around the time um, when Venus and Serena were coming on the scene. So it was kind of nice to see someone on TV playing this all white sport that looked like me and they came through kicking ass and taking names. And I have just stuck with it as far as the podcast. Um, I actually kind of invited myself on the show one time <laughs> and I never left. And that was like three years ago. <laughs> oh my, you're like, hey, move over y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm coming for you. You know, I must say, I listened to an episode of your podcast last, well, the last couple of nights, just to get a better feel for what y'all do. You guys are hilarious. Mm-hmm. First of all, there are three of you, <laughs> right? They're like two sisters, mm-hmm. and of course, one brother, or as he calls himself, the gay brother on the show. That's not my words. Those That's his right. words, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. He is the uh, homosexual of the podcast, he calls himself. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So basically, so you guys had this partnership for three years, officially? Yeah, we all met on Twitter and um, just decided right. that we were going to, you know, go for it. Because like you said, how often do you have black folks sitting around talking about tennis? Yeah. And we definitely so, uh, try to bring a unique perspective. Yes. And, you know, it's similar to what I guess other black podcasters, the few of us who are, uh, and like in this game, like, like you know, we, we, we talk about what we know, right? You know, we, mm-hmm. we pretty much talk about what we see, talk about what's happened, but we tend to add organically, add our own little flavor to it, like basically just explain from our points of view. So it's really cool to hear you, what to hear you three have the same type of vibe with tennis. I mean, this quote-unquote little white sport, you know, that, you know, black people do, some black people do follow and follow and earn. Uh, so anyway, speaking of tennis, so we're on to this 2017 French Open. Um, this is crazy, at least on the women's side. Let's start on the women's side first, you know, because I'm a German. Okay. Um, you know, it's weird <laughs> that Angelique Kerber, as I call her, she 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 she, I mean, she got bounced in the first round. Uh, Madison Keys got bounced early, and a few others uh, favors were were were, uh, were bounced on the women's side. So aside from Venus Wing who is keeping on, keeping on. Uh, yeah. You know, as a, I think, I, I believe, the Tim Steve. Um, is there any reason for the layman tennis fan, if you will, to pay attention to the women's draw, be that not only those still four mentioned women are, are limited, but there's no Venus win. I mean, I'm sorry, no Serena, no Serena wins, obviously, because of pregnancy. And there's no um, corner cover because, well, you know, so uh, just to tell us why we should care, if you will, about, about the women's Listen, draw right now. This is why you care about the women's draw. Because there All is right. no Serena Williams, and because Serena is always a shoe-in to at least a semifinal, typically the title, and with her not being there, it is wide open. And there is a very good chance that we can see someone completely new win this title. Mm-hmm. There aren't very many right. women left in the draw who have won this before. You've got um, 
the the Russian veteran Svetlana Kuznetsova, you know, she's still hanging around. She's always dangerous when she plays well. But if anyone is a fan of Sveta, they know that she can crash out and burn to anybody on any mm-hmm. given day. So if you're a fan of tennis, it's exciting because you really can't pick a winner. You really can't. Usually you can look at a draw and say, you know what, it's going to be one of these three or four people. We just don't have that this time at all. So, you know, if you're, sure, if you're into sure. that, the new, the new blood coming up, somebody taking advantage of an opportunity, because that really is what this is. It is an opportunity with Serena being gone. So, you know, I'm excited about that. I think we will see a new champion. I do. And, hey, I am sure. all here for Seri- or Venus maybe getting her first French Open title. Isn't this draw is that just so wide open. open. You yeah, know what? I mean, it's I mean, hard to believe that Venus It is, but it's not. Clay's not her thing. It never has been. Uh-huh. She's a beast on hard courts and grass. But she's right. playing really well. And yes, she is. Serena is always her biggest competition. So I'm here for it. She's already made one final this year. Let's Let's take the title this time. She's got a Man. really good section so, of the draw. Okay. Um, I butch, I totally butchered Maria Sharapova's name earlier. I call her Kornikova for some reason. I, I don't right. never got to get my Russians mixed up. <laughs> it, it, um, it's the whole but, pretty blonde thing. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. That's, that, that's what it has to be, and I'm sticking with it. Um, do you agree with the decision of the French, uh, the folks of the French or the WTAs or whoever to, to bar, if you will, Sharapova from competing in the French Open? Do we have time for this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I mean, we have a uh, <laughs> Let me tell you. Let me okay. tell you something. Mm. Okay. First of all, I can tell you that I am one of the few people, I think, in the tennis world who has read every single piece of evidence that was presented on this whole doping scandal case. Mm. I, I read it all. Every single page. Okay. I know where the story started. I know where it changed when it went to uh, appeal to how we got to where we are today. If Maria Sharapova wanted to play the French, op- French Open, she should have checked her white privilege at the door and entered mm. into the qualifying matches and worked her way up instead of asking for a wild card. She is not returning from an injury. She was suspended because she was using an illegal substance. She was banned. She was on punishment. She was told to go sit in the corner. She's lucky she Mm -hmm. only got what she got. She could have easily gotten two or more years, easily. Mm -hmm. However, she thought she was going to come back, and in some instances she has. But the difference between the smaller tournaments that gave her a wild card and a Grand Slam not giving her a wild card is they don't need her. They have every big name. She's not selling tickets because, let's be real, Maria Sharapova sells tickets. People like her. People watch her play. But a Grand Slam does not need her. And that's why she didn't get the wild card. Mm. And I agree with it fully, 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 fully. I think – she should have had to play her ranking when she came back. I don't even know what it was, but it was way down there. She should just have to play her way, way back on the tour. I don't think she should get any breaks whatsoever. So just educate us for a minute. So obviously, because I, I, 
my my trans expertise stopped in the early 2000s when the American wave of men and women who dominated tennis for so long, like the Agassiz, the Sampras's, and whatnot, mm-hmm. and the Michael Chang's, if you will, they stopped when they went away. So, so pretty much educated me on, on the whole wild card versus working way back process. How how does that work? Well, quick. I mean, basically, a tournament can award a wild card to anybody that they want to. And this allows a player to enter a tournament without playing a qualifying round. You can also get a wild card into qualifying rounds, but it's it's all up to the tournament. It is a gift that the tournament gives you so that you don't have to play these extra matches to make it to the main draw. For anybody that doesn't know, tennis tournament, mm-hmm. no matter how big, how small, is a certain amount of players, but there are always right. open slots in the main draw for wild cards in those people that get in and for qualifiers. So I, I think that she should have had to play that. Like I said, she's not coming back from an injury. She is coming back from a doping ban. You don't get any, you you shouldn't, she is getting it, but you shouldn't get preferential treatment for doping because I don't give a fuck if she only got busted for doing it for three weeks because it was only uh-huh. banned for three weeks, the reality right. is she was using it for 10 years. They just didn't know what it was yet. Damn. The dopers are always ahead of the game. That's why it works. Right. Kind of like like, like, uh, like the crooks that staying ahead of the uh, investigators. Kind of like, you know, yes. um, what's, what's his face? Armstrong. Lance Armstrong's doping mm-hmm. ass. When years and years, I don't want to turn into a cycling podcast, it's not, but for years and years and years, he got away with it, and same with a lot of baseball stars. I mean, that, we can go on a whole other yeah. podcast about doping, but uh, but uh, but your points well taken. So 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 thanks for the education. Um, but speaking of tennis stars, um, and I and, I, and Grant, I, I don't like putting Sharapova's name and and Serena's name in the same breath, but being that mm-hmm. because Serena dominated her, only lost her twice. Um, Once. The impact that she had. I mean, she. Yeah, I see her. She's laughing. Um, Serena is what thirty-five years old, thirty-five years young, mm-hmm. and just dominating the hell out of the tour. I mean, I mean, she has what? She, she's tied. I think she's tied for the most major titles. Okay, yes. with the great uh, Margaret, and also homophobic, but I'm mad at Margaret Court. Uh, <laughs> said. Oh, the past couple of days. Um, I, it's just so marvelous to see a woman, I mean, a person who who is quote-unquote old for the sport, keep herself in such peak condition, and it, it just take, it just wiping out all these newcomers. I mean, it, hell, I mean, I mentioned the record that she had against uh, Sharon Popo. She only lost to Sharon Popo twice. And the fact that, 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 that Serena has more titles, singles titles, Major singles titles than the field combined. I mean, it's just it's just so amazing. I mean, it, 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 I mean, I mean, is it far fetched to consider her the most dominant athlete in the world? No, I not mean, that, at that's all. Not at all. LeBron James and all those cats. She's she is right there with them, and in terms mm. of what she's done in her sport, she's better. I mean, we we don't have anybody else that's been playing their sport for two decades, it's a, it, right. and, and winning like this. 
you know, people might hang around, but they're limping, they're losing, and you know, they're they're sitting on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> they they turn into the person that you practice with. That doesn't really right. do you much. <laughs> you know, but no, you're right. She's she's winning, and I mean, she's definitely one of the greatest athletes in the world. She she cannot not be in that conversation, and she transcends tennis for sure, no doubt. It isn't about tennis when it comes to Serena Williams. She is just a great athlete. And, you know, I am just – I'm not convinced that she's coming back after this pregnancy. I'm really not, mostly because I'm a mom and I know how life changes. I know know how you think you're going to be after you have a baby as opposed to how you are once that baby comes. Mm -hmm. However, if she comes back, I don't think she struggles. I don't think she struggles to get back to that top form at all because there really isn't anybody on tour to challenge her. I mean, she's number two in the world, and she hasn't even played since Australia, which she won while she was pregnant. Let's let that that sink in a minute. Isn't that something? Wow. That's pretty special. That's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, so does that I mean, she actually the regained the number one ranking for a minute there while she wasn't even playing because Kerber is such a, you know, I don't even know what we want to call her. She is like a very weak number one. I don't know if she can't handle the pressure. I don't know if she just had a fluke mm-hmm. year last year. The rise is always easier than staying at the top. And we discussed this a lot on our podcast. It was never surprising that Angelique Kerber got to be number one because it's always easier to get better. It's about being the best and staying there. And obviously yeah. she can't handle it. She ain't doing well, shit. Yeah, speaking, of the ranking, speaking of the rankings, explain this to me because I'm confused. I mean, I, I'm, I mean, I'm a college football guy, college basketball guy. So, I have my own view of how cats should be ranked, okay? It's all about performance, all about what you've done, you know, your Mm -hmm. your resume. Okay, so why is it that you have, like, Kerber, who has been ranked ranked number one in the world, who hasn't done crap, basically, who hasn't hasn't done a whole hell of a lot of shit, is I'm trying to get I'm trying to be nice here. let's be real. She hasn't. She yeah. hasn't done crap since she became number one. She worked really hard to get there, and she did win two sure. majors. You know, yes, give credit right. where yeah. credit yeah. is due, but she just can't stay there. Mm-hmm. She, she's faltered. But I don't think that was your question. What was your question? I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I was, I was trying to understand the whole ranking system because I, I think it was like one year, maybe a few years ago, where the, the top seed the person did hasn't maybe one maybe one tournament like compared to hell I don't know I mean I'm just I'm just, I'm just talking about the whole so, because a really a really arbitrary. a really um a, a watered down version of tennis rankings goes like this you have yes. different levels of tournaments um you have uh-huh. some where if you win the tournament you get 250 points sometimes you get 500 points sometimes you get a thousand points. Sometimes you get 2,000 points, okay? And you gain points depending on how far you go in that tournament. So someone Mm. who wins the Australian Open gets 2,000 points, and they keep those points all year, and it just builds. And they don't fall off until the next year. However, so 
Yes. Serena won Australia this year, so she gets the top prize of points. Next year, she's not in any position to gain. She has to defend those points, which is why we're about to see Angelique Kerber slowly trickle down in the rankings because she had such a good year last year and she gained so many points to get to number one. She now has to defend those points. So when you stop Mm. defending your points, you slide in the rankings, which is all the more reason why it's so impressive for someone like Serena Williams, Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic to stay at the top of the game for so long because they're not gaining anything. They're defending. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes that that uh, that makes good sense. That's why I have you here, because I, I don't know much <laughs> about it, but, but 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 you know, but it's good to know because I mean, it's 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 doing the French Open, one the major, so no time left the present. So, speaking are of, you watching? Of Federer, let's go. Am I watching here and there? I mean, I mean, my guy is Rafa. You know, it's 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 Nadal. I mean, I'm oh, in Nadal. God. Oh, yeah, God. I knew you were going to roll your eyes. <laughs> I knew you were going to roll your eyes. We're going to talk about that. I promise you. You're probably going to cut me out a few times. Is what I had to say about Maybe. the boy Fed. But, yeah, okay. I know you will. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, the men's side is much more clear cut, I guess. Sans Roger Federer because he's so? sitting this one out. I, I think so. I mean, because, I mean, look, I mean, Rafa, I mean, I know he's had problems with injuries recently and whatnot, but he does well in clay. And, you know, um, Novak is, is doing – I mean, he, I mean Novak is, is just a man. I mean, he's seated second uh, only because uh, Andy Murray's gotten hot as of late. But, I mean, Murray doesn't typically don't, doesn't do but so well at the French Open. But, you know, the fact is, yeah, you got three of the big four, the quote-unquote big four, on like in the men's side, going at it. Mm-hmm. And – the way it's shaping up right now, I mean, all three are doing quite well. And we may just have three of those three, those three cats in like in the semis. That's what yeah, it's okay. looking right now. And okay. you know, I, I, I'm <laughs> until it's proven otherwise. I, I you know, whoever wins, um, the uh, if the, I mean, if it comes down to it, that is the Rafa and Novak matchup takes home the whole thing. That's I mean that's just that's just how I'm thinking right now. That's what that's how I do things uh, because again, Murray hasn't done but so well historically on clay. Even though he's playing well, well Murray's, obviously he's the top. Murray Murray's in that Kerber camp of being number one at the moment. Oh, <laughs> no, he is. He isn't doing much, you know. Whatever. And, and again, it's Andy Murray. <laughs> <I'm whatever. laughs> You're like whatever. What do you want? What do you want? It's Murray. I mean, I like Murray. I like Murray just fine. I and you know yeah. what? He's really nice. He's very nice. I can say that about him. He's a nice person, but mm-hmm. he's he's not a compelling number one by any means. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Novak, Novak, right now is lost in his head. I mean, he fired his entire team, and he's working with some weird guru. He ain't right. Why is that? Something's going on with him. He's not right. He is not okay right now. If he decides to make this tournament his resurgence and he wins it again, no one's going to be surprised yep. because it's Novak Djokovic. But dude is right. going through some mental things right now, and nobody knows what's going on. And I'm not counting on him. He has struggled all year. I'm not counting on him. Rafa is doing well. 
However, we have seen Rafa. Rafa hasn't won a major in a long time. And we have seen right. him come onto clay and win these runner-up or, you know, warm-up tournaments. We have seen this before, and then he falters yeah. here. So even though he has made several finals this year, I do not feel like he is unstoppable. He does not look like the Rafa that we are used to seeing on clay. I think he is playing well, but I think he's still vulnerable. I am not shooing him into the final by any means. So, I mean, it's interesting. It seems like like only a few years ago he was, like, breaking down because, you know, he has that hard style of play. You know, he comes at you. He's he's not finesse whatsoever, and, you know, that's fine. Um, But I'm I'm, I'm just now thinking about what you said about Novak. I mean, this dude was, like, like like, hot grease basically, for like a while. So why mm-hmm. do you think, and, and, and I know that you say you're not, you, I mean, you really don't know what's going on in his head, but it's just baffling why, how a guy that, that was so hot is now just doing so many so much crazy crap. I mean, why, well, why do you think guys like athletes go through that, maybe? Do you, do you want to know what's going on in the rumor mill? Because I will, I will still sure. see. <laughs> go ahead. Please do. So... So the T is that around this time last year, after Novak won his French Open title for the first time, he may have had yeah. a little bit too much fun. And maybe, just maybe, there are some rumors that he stepped out on his marriage a little bit. Mm. And it didn't get a whole lot of publicity because it's tennis, but it got enough. And Novak hasn't been the same since. He hasn't. He hasn't been the same. So that's my story. I'm sticking to it. I think he has problems (laughs) in his personal life, and he needs to get his shit together. Right. And figure out where his game is. I I don't – it's not his tennis. I watch him on court. It's completely mental. His breakdowns are mental. You can see him trying to do things, and it isn't working. So, you know, whatever, I, I, I think it's his personal life. And he has admitted on some level that it's personal. Of course, he's not going to come out and say, yeah, I cheated on my wife and I got busted. Obviously, that's not happening. Yeah. But right. he has said that he has been dealing with some personal things. He said this last year around Wimbledon. But if we look at the decline of his game, that's when it started. And that's when these photos surfaced of him, you know, coming out of a restaurant with some Bollywood star. I don't know, whatever. I Let me tell you something. I do not like Novak Djokovic. I can't fucking stand him. I like to call him the Serbian <laughs> devil. <laughs> wow. I don't like him at the all. The Serbian devil. So he gets no sympathy from me. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> well, then. Uh, I'm not a fan. <laughs> but you know what, though? You know, just all this angels fan. Sex and father time are undefeated and untied. And uh, hey. it, made, it, it took down Samson in the Bible, sex that is, and may take down <laughs> no back. So, it may. So it may. It just might. I don't know. Um, it might. Tennis players, um, look, for anyone who knows me well, <clears throat> knows that I've long, and this is this is a cousin out session that I, talked, uh, that, that, that I told you about earlier. Um <laughs> I've been, I'm not a big Roger Federer fan. I, I personally think that he 
took advantage of what was a weak ass era as far as tennis. Wow. Like like a like a, the only the only competition I thought that he had was Andy Roddick. And I thought that Roddick for his talent underachieved and thus, you know, you know, I mean, I mean, basically, <clears throat> Fed came along when Sampras is on his way out. I mean, let's just be honest. And, you know, I remember the match where Fed came on to the same by beating uh, Sampras. It's kind of like a passage of the torch, as I took it. And, look, uh-huh. I understand that, you know, you play who you play. I mean, it's not Federal's fault that the rest of the men still suck for the most part. Yes. Uh, until recently, obviously, until the past. Since Rafa's rise, basically, so if you talk in the, the past six, seven, eight years, um, mm-hmm. but you know, I've I've had cats. This one other fellow tennis fan who you would love, he called me out many times. I mean, he like like a, he's Australian. He called me out many times, but he's also a college player of mine. Called me out many times on me disinfect, and I'm I'm stubborn. I'm stupid and stubborn, maybe, but. Well, your argument is weak, and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. Okay, yes, let's ma'am. let's let's back way up to the time <clears throat> of when Federer was coming up. You are right; it was the end of the Sampras and Agassi era. Okay, mm-hmm. but I want you yeah. to realize that tennis was very different back then. We actually had four different surfaces. Today, yeah. we have four different surfaces in name only. Believe that. Um, okay. Fast courts are not fast anymore. They're really not. They have been slowed down tremendously. The grass at Wimbledon is not as fast as it used to be. Everything plays really, really slow. Federer, there, there are a handful of players on tour today, and Federer being one of them, who have truly played on four different surfaces successfully and I'm going to tell you that Novak Djokovic and Rafael Nadal are not one of them and you can research this on your own but I promise you that it is true that when Rafa started to make his rise okay they slowed the courts down for him because he was the and is the king of clay and he plays well on a hard slow court I want you to think about what Rafa looks like in the grand scheme of tennis if you take away his clay titles. He is a good player. He is not a great player. Most of his titles have come on clay. That is very true. That's very true. I know. I know. Okay, so (laughs) he has managed to dominate Federer in many areas, but at the same time, when Federer and Rafa play and the surfaces truly change, guess who comes out on top? Yes, and Federer. Mm-hmm. Except on clay. However, who has constantly been the number two player in the Rafa Nadal era? It is Federer. It is. Right. He has taken his right. ass beaten like a man for a long, long time. Rafa is who he is on clay, but I'm telling you, you take away his clay court titles, he is not nearly as great as he is with them because the majority of his success has been on clay. Federer has 
transitioned with the game. He has changed his game to keep up with tennis. And tennis is all about matchups. It really is. Right. Roger and Novak are a great matchup. They are entertaining because their games match up. Rafa and Fed, it's really not a good matchup. It's just not. Rafa's topspin and that heavy backhand do not match up with Federer's finesse. That's just the reality of it. And you have that in every era. But Federer, like it or not, is on the same level of greatness as Serena Williams in terms of dominance, in terms of accomplishments, not as much. She's better. But you you can't take away. His career is much more even than anybody else's on tour. Anybody than we've ever seen, ever. So I can't, I mean, I know we don't have like 25 gazillion hours because I could go on. I really could. I think you've sensed this by now. But he didn't come up in a weak era. He has not by any means come up in a weak era. I don't really, I don't understand that argument. I really, really don't. Um, Andy Roddick, eh. Andy Roddick wasn't an underperformer. Andy Roddick was a big serve, and Federer tamed it. And he still does it to big servers today, which is why they don't dominate him. I mean, you have to have more than a big serve and a big forehand. You have to. Hmm. Right, right. So I can't I'm, no, I'm enjoying I, this education. I, I mean, honestly, I have – I have researched it. I have broken down the numbers. I have compared what Federer has done and who he has beaten in terms of top 10 players when he broke in to the top 10 himself compared to Novak and to Rafa and to everything. I have looked at his percentages over the careers, over the most dominant years. Like Federer's most dominant year was 2006. Novak's was 2011, I believe. And I really thought that when I looked at the numbers that Novak was going to look better because he, his wins were, I don't want to say bigger, but they were um, a lot of ass-kickings, whereas Federer might have not won as easily. Federer won more. Every time, Federer wins more. So, I don't know. I'm a numbers girl. When you look at the numbers, your argument doesn't work. <laughs> Gee, thanks, man. <laughs> hey, no problem. Anytime. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that's what this is for. Um, to your point about Nadal, yes. Um, even though I pretty much remember, I didn't remember the exact number, but Nine of Federer's, I mean, not Federer's, but nine of Nadal's 14 titles have come on clay. French Open. Yeah. Nine French Open yeah. titles. Doesn't well, look so pretty when right? you say it like that, does it? Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Just saying. I try. I mean, Federer has, what, like six Wimbledons? You know, five yeah. Australian Opens? I mean, I, he, he's all over the place. So. Yeah. And he broke through at the French a few better. years ago, and. There you go. He has, a, he uh, has his player. one French Open title, and you know what? Hey, he took advantage when Rafa wasn't there. That's what you got to do. That's what right. the girls are going to do and when Serena's heat. not there this year. And I took a lot of heat for Khan and <laughs> Federer for taking advantage since the doll wasn't there. Oh, you should have seen the hate. No. You, will love you know what? That's exactly what it was. I don't deny that for one second. But you know what? Like you said, you can't ever help who you play. You can't be mad right. at the winner because they didn't play somebody that you wanted them to play. You know, mm-hmm. a win is a win. So. Right. No doubt. Hey. Well, we'll get you out on this. 
Uh, and this has been a quite an entertaining podcast. I really appreciate this. This is, once again, Jania Reed. I'm sorry, Janina Reed of Reels Tennis Fans Podcast, talking about the French Open. Um, speaking of French Open, from what's, from, what's, from what's transpired right now, who you got one the whole thing on the women's and men's side? <sighs> okay, so my pick for the women is the French lady Kiki uh, Medelovic. And really, oh. I just like her because she's bitchy. She's bitchy. She is good. She can totally win. But she's such a bitch. She will just tell it all. She's like, listen, she's like, I speak five languages. You can't come at me. Which one do you want me to tell oh, you well, often? You know, so I just, I love her. But she is playing well. Um, I think she's injured. So I don't really know how that's going to work out. For the women, like, I don't, I don't know who the hell is going to win that. I don't. She was my pick when I did my draw. Um, the men... It's crumbling. I honestly picked Nick Kyrgios to win it all, which I knew was far-fetched, but he's really? young. He's playing well. I want to see him do well. I want him to win something big so that the tennis world will quit coming down so hard on him because he's a black boy that acts like everybody else. But he mm. gets judged so much harsher because he's not white. You know, he smashes a racket and he's told, oh, you should get therapy and, you know, born a chord and they're like, oh, stop it. No, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. He's judged much sure. harsher than everybody else. Um, so he was my pick. He is out. <laughs> he lost. So I am, I'm looking at Grigor Dimitrov to do something big, but honestly, right now where the draw stands today, um, I, I will not be surprised if Stan Wawrinka gets his second French open title he likes wow. to come in and sneak things when nobody's looking, when no one's paying attention to him. He can be anybody on tour, anybody. He just has to care, and he doesn't always care. Um, so I'm hoping <laughs> that he cares. Otherwise, you're probably right. It will probably be Novak or Rafa. And I, I so don't want – I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. I'm ready for somebody new. You're tired of the big but, four outside of your boy, Fed? Now, you know what? I get tired of Federer winning all the time, too. I'm going to be honest because I am a tennis fan before I'm a Federer fan on any given day. Sure. And I yeah. am ready to see these young guys come up and put these old fuckers in their place. <laughs> Federer, is, wow. listen, Federer is about to be 36 years old. 36, right? Mm-hmm. He should right. not be <laughs> – I, I mean, I'm happy to see it. I'm always happy to see it. But he just won the Australian Open. He beat Rafa. Did we rewind back to like 2005? What is this life? Right, right, right. I, I feel on that. I feel on that. So, um, so basically, going like 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 going going back Who's to the young pick? man that you mentioned that you wanted to win, uh, who got yeah. chastised for breaking his racket. I rolled my eyes when you told me hit the reaction to that because I do remember. You know, I'm 43 years old, so I remember cats like John McEnroe. Jimmy Connors very well, okay. Yeah. If those two, if those two didn't have a match that didn't feature an outburst of either one of them, especially when they played each other, some, someone would have had to take the temperature of those two because they did it. Well, I don't want to say all the time, but constantly. They did it all the time. People Go became ahead, immune it. to it. Well, they yeah. did it all the time. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> the time well, and you know, but. Uh, <laughs> 
see, here's another thing about your boy Federer. And if you if you listen to interviews or you talk to people, they will tell you that Federer is the one that changed that. He changed the game. He is the one who kind of said, let's play nice and said nice things about people and started you know, giving more credit to his opponent. He never did that trash talking on court. He did when he was young. A lot of people don't know Federer was a huge, huge hothead when he was very young and he was a racket smasher and a thrower. He would cry for hours after his matches when he lost. And he was basically told, you better get your mental side together or you will never succeed. But you have too much talent to not try to get it together. And he did. And now we have what we have today. But players all over will tell you Federer is the one who said this is how we should be behaving and and treating each other so now when we see these players act you know like typical athletes I'm going to say because we see this all the time in other sports right I mean we see people throwing fits all the time but in tennis it's the gentleman's sport and we don't do that but you know at the end of the day Nick Kyrgios had a moment during a match during with Stan Wawrinka and said to Stan, sorry to tell you that Kokonakis was banging your girlfriend, mate, which turned out, you know, Stan was having an affair with a young player on tour who at the time in our world would have been underage, but in Europe she was legal. And he was, you know, he was still married, and he had a baby at home, and it looked really, really bad. And the ATP Mm. came down on him, and they have never forgiven him. He never mentioned anybody's name. There had been rumors swirling forever that Stan was dating this young girl. But it was all Nick's fault that Stan couldn't keep his dick in his pants. I don't know how that works, but whatever. (laughs) That's what happened. And they have never forgiven him. So now everything he does is amplified. And you know what? He does act like a dick sometimes. He absolutely does. But there are many other players who do the exact same thing, and they do not get the criticism that he does ever. They don't get it, and I'm sick of it. And it's because he's not white. There's no doubt about it. Wow. Sorry, rant over. Wow. Oh, no, it's okay. That's okay. I'm. Hey, look, I had you on here for a reason. I needed a tennis education the worst way. No one, <laughs> you gave it to me. But it was entertaining as hell. So thank you, thank you for joining You're me, welcome. Janina, and I hope to do this again. I really do. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, enjoy, it. and I'll be hollering at you after the, the French Open to get your thoughts. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right. You're welcome. Take care. That's uh, Janina Reed. Please check out uh, her, her podcast out, Real Tennis Fan. That was entertaining as hell. I, I really enjoyed it. And a podcast is hilarious as well, especially with the two co-hosts. That's all well funny. At any rate, uh, thank y'all for tuning in. To Scott Burst's Decline Hour. Signing off. Oh six. Good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.